Welcome to Daily Daf Differently, a Jcast Network podcast. This daily podcast invites you to join us to study the Daily Talmud page with a variety of liberal rabbis and teachers. For more information about Daily Daf Differently, please visit jcastnetwork.org slash ddd. For more information about the other Jcast Network podcasts and blogs, please visit jcastnetwork.org. Welcome to Daily Duff Differently. My name is Rabbi Abby Soslin. Today we are learning Duff Lamed Tet in Masachet Sachim, page 39. Once the rabbis have established precisely what kind of matzah should be used for matzah shel mitzvah, the Mishnah now turns to maror. What are the specific requirements for the bitter herb which should be used on Pesach night? Ve'elu yirakot she'adam yotzebahem yidei chovato befesach. These are the vegetables through which a person can fulfill his obligation on Pesach. Chazeret, tamcha, charchavina, ulshin, and maror. These five terms, each forms of herbs or grasses, are actually extraordinarily difficult words to define. According to Rashi, each of these will be defined lower down in the Gemara, although if you look in the Gemara, it's hard to find these exact definitions. For example, the term ulshin is mentioned in the Gemara only to say that it is permitted both in its wild form, olshe sadeh, and in its garden form, olshe gina. Okay, but that doesn't exactly explain the term. Not sure what Rashi was talking about when he said these terms would be defined. This is a difficult Mishnah in terms of translations, and I'm indebted here to two professors, Professor David Galinkin, the president of Schechter Institute in Jerusalem, whose responsum on Maror we will look at later, and the late Rabbi Simcha Roth, Zichrono Livracha, may his memory be for a blessing, who wrote a full interpretation of this Mishnah in his Rabin Mishnah study group as part of the Beit Midrash virtuality of the Rabbinical Assembly in Israel. I recommend his website to aid with your Dafyomi study, www.bmv.org.il. Rabbi Roth brings translations of these items based on a number of different sources. The Blackman edition of the Mishnah, the Albeck edition, and a variety of Rishonim, medieval commentators, as well as other traditional commentaries. As he writes, the translations I have given for these five vegetables are not all as certain as they sound. The first bears the name Chazeret which in Israeli Hebrew is now the term used to indicate horseradish, the last item on the list, maror. However, almost all the classical sources are agreed that in our Mishnah, the name chazaret refers to lettuce, which I will add is how the Gemara itself understands it. To make absolutely certain, Rashi translates the word into French, Rabbi Ovadia mi Bartonora translates it into Italian, and Rambam translates it into both Arabic and Hebrew. Each of the other items gets a whole series of translations. In general, tamcha is chervil, 
Kharkhavina is probably snake root, and Olshin is translated as endive by both Blackman and Albeck. Rabbi Roth adds that the Rambam chickens out in his commentary and says for Olshin that the term is simply well known. The last term is maror. Roth explains that Blackman translates this as horseradish, and he adds a note that this is the one most used. Rambam and Rabbi Ovadia of Bartonora say that maror is a kind of kusbarta, which Jastro then translates it as coriander. If you are confused, welcome to the club. I am no botanist, and most of these words mean very little to me. But it seems like the rabbis are in on the joke. They seem to know that the exact meaning of these vegetables is hard to pin down. They bring a statement by Rabbi Yehuda, a klal, a rule, that can help us to understand the basic category. Kol lo sraf, any vegetable that has sap, will work. Rabbi Yochanan ben Broca Omer, kol shepanav machsifin, any vegetable whose appearance is pale green. And others say, kol yarak mar yeshlo sraf ufanav machsifin. All bitter herbs have both sap and a pale green color. So they have to have both of these qualities. If they have only one, they will not count for maror. And yet, in classic Talmudic form, the rabbis jump to add to these botanical details a more agotic or narrative understanding of the choice of maror options. The editor of the Gemara brings an Amoraic story right here to illustrate the choice. Several different rabbis say that chazeret, lettuce, is the preferred option. It is first on the list, and it is a mitzvah, even more so than what we might think of as the bitter herb so many of us use today. Rava explains this using a wordplay. What is chazeret? Chasa, lettuce. Why is it called chasa? It's a wordplay. Dechas rachmana ilavan. God took pity on us, chas, when he saved us from Egypt. Rabbi Shmuel bar Nachmani brings a different narrative from Rabbi Yonatan to explain maror. Why are the Egyptians compared to maror? To teach that just as maror is soft at the beginning, but is hard at the end, so too the Egyptians were soft with us at the beginning, and then they became harsh. They paid us for our labor, they made us feel at home, and only then turned us into slaves. So in classic Talmudic logic, the narrative principle leads to the legal conclusion. Chazeret, lettuce, is soft at first bite, but then it becomes bitter. That is the preferred vegetable, romaine lettuce for us today. Of course, the Talmud never brings us any actual halakha, Jewish law. It simply is a series of legal ideas. We need to read halachic texts to understand what the law is. And here we turn to Rabbi David Galinkin, <clears throat> who writes a useful tshuva, a responsum, about the actual halakha on maror. According to Rabbi Galinkin, romaine lettuce is preferable to any kind of bitter root. He brings a number of sources, as well as visual evidence. 
examples from several illuminated medieval Haggadot, which had pictures of green leafy vegetables as maror. A couple of them even have artichokes in their picture, but most show large green leafy vegetables. So how is it that so many of us here in the U.S. use the bitter root vegetable that we call maror, that big white root that we cut up or put into ground horseradish? According to Rabbi Galinkin, this is historical. In the 14th and 15th centuries, the Jews of Germany and Eastern Europe decided to use horseradish because it was difficult or expensive to obtain lettuce. Today, however, Rabbi Galinkin explains, in Israel, most Jews use romaine lettuce. And this is the halacha. I read this with disappointment. The white horseradish root that my mother has put on our Seder plate has been an important part of our family Seder for years. For me, that is a symbol of my own family story. The laughter, seeing everyone's responses to that sharp bite of the root, the freedom, really, and the joy at our table. The maror is an expression of that. I would never want to switch to romaine lettuce just because it's the halacha. Rabbi Galinkin, fortunately, concludes his tshuva with a recognition of people like me. Of course, he writes, it is not easy to get Jews to change their customs. Professor Yehuda Felix re relates that when he first published his findings in 1967 that horseradish was not to be used as maror, he was actually physically attacked by a chassid at a wedding for having the audacity to say that chrein is not maror, and that his Rebbe was wrong. Chrein, the horseradish in a jar, is not maror. And Rebbe and Professor Felix got almost beaten up just for saying so. I love that story because it gets at the intensity with which we hold on to our own understandings of what can or what should be used for so many aspects of our religious rituals. But then, if we're not going to even follow some of these halachot and we're going to follow the practice of our communities, why bother learning the Gemara if we're not going to follow its conclusions? Because I think it is just so interesting. From both a scientific botanical perspective, as well as from a psychological or homiletical one, the rabbis seem to be constantly walking the line between the details of the law, precisely what kind of vegetables are we talking about, and the story behind the details. What do each of these symbolize? Sure, maror may be these specific kinds of vegetables, but even more importantly, look at what each represents. The pity that God had on our people, the soft beginning and hard ending of our experience in Egypt or, as many of us feel so clearly today, the maror at the satyrs and the joy and freedom that so many of us remember from our childhoods. Those symbols, at times, can feel almost more important than the law itself. The Talmud seems to recognize that. Until tomorrow. I hope you've enjoyed today's episode of Daily Daf Differently and that you'll join us again tomorrow for a new page. 
The music at the open and close of this episode is Ufros from the Epic Horus album One Bead, available on Bandcamp, iTunes, and Spotify.